The best insight, instant feedback, accountability. The all-new Talk Radio Freedom 106.5. I'm glad to welcome to the studio Miss Roma Spencer. I'm going to let her tell you all about her you know, accomplishments throughout her life. If you know of this big name, then this is an interview for you. Good morning to you, Miss Spencer. How are you? I am doing fine. Still, still trying to to overcome this heat. I okay. <laughs> so you've been out of the country for a while. So I guess coming back to Trinidad, acclimatizing to the heat is a is a different thing. Well, yeah, well, you know, I mean, I I come all the time. It's not like I stayed away for so long that I. You know, I'm experiencing home for the first time in years. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was here earlier in the year. I was here in um, February. Prior mm-hmm. to that, I was here during the film festival last year in October. So I'm used to it. But uh, there's a kind of intense heat that is happening this yes. time around. Yes. Because last year I was here this time. And it was nice and cool mm-hmm. and lots of rain. Mm-hmm. You know, but I don't know what the hell is going on this year. Well, Glo- a, a lot of talk uh, globally, they're saying yeah. it's climate change. Climate change, and global in, warming and yes. that sort of thing, yeah. Change of environment. So, so- let me briefly <laughs> uh, introduce you. Sure. Roma Spencer is a Trinidadian, Canadian, veteran actor, director, playwright, comedian, and docu-filmmaker practicing in Toronto since 2001. A graduate of York University with an MFA in directing, and she formed the Theatre Archipelago in 2005. So tell us a little bit about that. Um, when I graduated from um, York University in 2001, I was literally headhunted by a theatre company called African Theatre Ensemble. Mm-hmm. And it was an African theatre com- company whose work was basically to present theatre from Africa mm-hmm. and, its diaspo- and, and its diaspora. And... Um, so I worked with them for about three years, and I wanted to do a play called I, Marcus Garvey, mm-hmm. all right? And um, and they did not see that as a um, play coming out of Africa or the African um, diaspora enough mm-hmm. to program it in their company's um, repertoire. Mm-hmm. And there and then I said, you know what? I think I got to do for my own theater company to Mm -hmm. do the work that I want to do. Mm -hmm. I am from the Caribbean. I want to do Caribbean theater, theater from the Caribbean and its diaspora. And that's how I formed the Theater Archipelago. As you see, it's Archipelago. So I'm looking at basically theater from the Caribbean region, Mm -hmm. right? And um, I formed it in 2005. Yeah. And um, since then, we've, we've done... Of course, the I Marcus Garvey, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, Twilight Cafe by Tony Hall, um, Obia Opera, a number of work, and um, kind of it's kind of eventually morphed Theatre Archipelago morphed its way into now um, the Caribbean Canadian Arts Network, mm-hmm. which is re- re- <clears throat> it was formed in 2017 <coughs> because I wanted um, to take a, a contingent of Caribbean artists or artists working in Caribbean uh, art aesthetic in mm-hmm. Canada to Carifesta. And I was lobbying over the years at Carifesta to allow artists from the diaspora to mm-hmm. be a part of Carifesta. And it wasn't until 2017 that the Barbadian government 
decided to open up the Curry Festa that year to artists from the diaspora. Mm -hmm. So Canada was the very first um, um, country mm -hmm. that presented at, at Curry Festa that year, 2017, and then we came to Trinidad in 2019. And of course, COVID came and they have not and been yeah, <coughs> no more Curry Festas yeah. so far. But um, so Caribbean Theatre, Car sorry, Caribbean Arts Network, mm -hmm. it's a, 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 a collective of artists coming together to present all forms, multi multimedia. Mm -hmm. It's not just theatre, but it could be art, it could be it could be um, film, um, of course theatre, music, the works mm -hmm. to present at international festivals. Well, I wanted to uh, speak with you today about the process of doing local works because I know when you hear Roma Spencer, we remember you um, being heavily involved in the arts in Trinidad and Tobago. Um, Trinidad and Tobago Theatre Workshop, Caribbean, um, or Little Carib is the name that I was looking for. Mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. all your works there. So just give us a brief history of your works in Trinidad sure. and some of the people that you've worked with. Yeah. So now I started off my career in Best Village. Mm -hmm. I started off at Barataria Community Council um, in 1980. And uh, after, after by, I think by the third year of doing Best Village, I was thirsty, hungry for more. I felt that um, just coming together twice a year to present for Best Village wasn't enough. I wanted more. So mm -hmm. I answered a call to um, an audition for a play called um, Minty Alley by mm -hmm. C.L.R. James. Minty Alley is a, no is a novel that was adapted for the stage by Into Pearl Springer mm -hmm. with Caribbean Theatre Guild, a company that was founded by the late Slade Hopkinson, uh, who was a teacher at St. George's College back in the day and who also taught people like Into Pearl Springer, mm -hmm. the late Patrick Cambridge and so on. So he formed this Caribbean Theatre Guild, which was kind of a break away from Trinidad Theatre Workshop. And... They had this audition call. I went, I auditioned, and I got in mm -hmm. to play the part of okay, Mini, 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 I think. No, mm -hmm. no, Mini was another play. Can't remember the, the role. This is a good time now. And it was for the National Drama Festival mm -hmm. that year put on by the, then it was called National Drama Association. Now it's called National Drama Association of Trinidad and Tobago. Mm -hmm. <coughs> and that, yes. And that. <coughs> And um, they used to have this drama festival every year, you know, at the Little Carib Theatre. And I always thought that that was the place that I want to be. Mm -hmm. Best Village wasn't sufficient. And once I started to work with Caribbean Theatre Guild on the Into Pearl Springer and Patrick Cambridge, um, that's when I, I started to take off. When I say take off, meaning that I wasn't just only doing Best Village. Mm -hmm. In those days, there was a kind of a prejudice about you doing Best Village. And I remember, bless her soul now, because she has now um, embodied and, and come, come, to, come to terms with it. But Into used to give me pure hell, <laughs> pure mm -hmm. hell mm -hmm. for being in Best Village. Mm -hmm. You know, um, 
it was called illegitimate theater in those days oh that's illegitimate theater mm -hmm. and 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 the theater that theater workshop and caribbean theater guild mm -hmm. and what you do in a drama festival that was considered legitimate theater. classical yeah rubbish mm -hmm. rubbish mm -hmm. to me the artist that i am today tasca mm -hmm. is because of my involvement with best village, with best village. Mm -hmm. you know that is what that is what makes my work cutting edge it is what makes my work stand out in canada mm -hmm. it is because of that best village experience and god alone knows if i didn't have that and only depended on legitimate theater mm -hmm. what an artist i would have been today well i wanted to talk about the role that these um, different organizations have uh, played in the process of producing local works. I know that uh, during the years, some of these um, organizations and uh, the productions that they put on, they've lessened in um, appearance. They, they seem to be getting smaller and smaller and fewer and fewer and far between. I wanted to find out what you remember about the process and how much has it really changed? I want you to just just um, just just go over the question again because I got a bit distracted there with the water. water. Yeah. Well, you mentioned best I'm village. Some problems with my throat today. Yeah. I, yes, <laughs> I know because it's real dry outside yeah. and yeah. dusty as well. Yes. Yeah, so let's go again. So basically, we talked about best village yeah. and the experiences that you've had with that and the quote unquote illegitimate theatre. Mm -hmm. um, through the years, we've seen a reduction of those productions. We've seen a reduction of um, the appearance of these community groups and so on. I wanted to find out from you, what was the process back then as compared to now when producing local works? Okay, now I don't think it has reduced because Best Village still is happening. Mm -hmm. All right? It, you know, it has changed over the years to what it was then, you know? Um, but that is still happening, okay? What I think, what I am concerned with, mm -hmm. all right, in my time, I'm going to probably date myself now, right? Mm -hmm. But growing up, I remember that there was local content on my television, mm -hmm. okay? That's where I saw Best Village. Mm -hmm. It was like a mandated thing that when the Best Village came, um, season, it was, um, from Six o'clock, I think. Six o'clock to yeah. six thirty. Yeah. yeah. No, no. Even before that, mm. there was it live, mm -hmm. live. Um, because there are two shows every day, one at six, one at six, I think, and one at eight thirty or something like that. So you saw the six six o'clock show live, mm -hmm. and then panorama, the news, and so on, mm -hmm. and then you come back again for the next, the second production, um, the second village mm -hmm. live. All right, and that will take place for a whole month, um, Tasca. Yeah, there were regionals. Yes. Uh, okay, so, so the local so, part. Yeah, yeah, the preliminaries. Preliminaries, That yes. happen in the community center. Mm -hmm. Then the semifinals happen at Queen's Hall, mm -hmm. and then the finals happened at the Savannah. Savannah and that's yes. what was live. Mm -hmm. Okay, there's no questions asked. And there was that a was, Prime Minister's Trophy. It was called the Prime Minister's yeah. Best Village Competition. Prior to that, it was called Better Village Competition. Mm -hmm. All right, so that was live. And I, as a little... I must, I must see coming to my own consciousness. I must have been about seven mm -hmm. when I was always, I was just fixated by it, myself and my mother. Mm -hmm. My other siblings did not care, pissed off that the shows like 
Peyton Place and Ironside <laughs> and Big Valley. Right. They were preempted. That was the word I remember being used. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this program it was preempted for oh, the oh, yes, yes, right? Uh, so they're going to sleep. They're pissed. Mm-hmm. They, they don't want to see no local thing. Mm-hmm. But I loved it. Mm-hmm. And my and my mother too, right? So that will happen during the best village time. And then there was Banyan Theatre Workshop. It was called Banyan Television Workshop. Banyan, yes. Television yes. Workshop mm-hmm. was training actors, Tosca, mm-hmm. the likes of John Isaacs, the likes of <coughs> um, Joanne Kilgore, the likes of Christopher Pinero, a lady who died. Her name is failing me now. Um, Eunice Allen. These are people that Tony Hall mm-hmm. trained as actors for the camera, for television. Mm-hmm. And they will present soap operas then. The very first one I saw. And that's where I only said it in my head. I didn't tell anybody. I want to be an actor just like her. That was mm-hmm. Joan Kilgore on a s- series called Who the Cap Fits. Don't know if you hear this. I'm telling you, I'm dating myself. Tosca, because you must don't even know about that. But actually, I, I know from, uh, well, <laughs> Gael, Calabash, yes. okay. Ali, okay. No Boundaries. Okay, okay. okay. Right? so you know after, right? I know after. Right. <laughs> when, I, I believe that would have been the, 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 the 80s. 80s. Yeah. The 80s. Yeah. <coughs> and was, um, at that point in time, I was interested in um, theatre and so on, mm-hmm. seeing, because I, I saw someone who looked like me yeah. on camera. Yeah, there was something called then, WeTV. Yeah. And Ricky Tiki and... Yeah. You know, so scouting for talent, Indian variety show. Even though and I loved all yeah. those, all we, those. I loved the Indian dancing. Loved. Mm-hmm. We 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 knew Bollywood long before there was a Bollywood. Yeah, you used to sit down every Sunday for three for, for hours and watch. Hours. Yeah, well, watch our Indian movie. Yeah, and my, we had um, all the um, the stars in our bedroom because the, your Indian neighbor giving you one mm-hmm. of Shashi Kapoor and Amitabh Bachchan and all of those. Yeah, because we were into it. Anyhow, but all of that. Let's go back to the local. All of that to say that. We, we had a camaraderie, a little a oneness that was brought to the surface because we were interested in each other's culture, culture. at that point in yeah. time. Because we had more local content yes. showing us who we are mm-hmm. and gave us an understanding yes. of our, yes. you know, little quirks and, you know, intricacies. Yeah. And that and that Who the Cap Fit was a, a series that was funded and, and I'm going to talk about that, the, mm. the, the, the importance of corporate funding. Mm-hmm. It was produced and yeah, funded. You're skipping one of my questions, but go okay. ahead, go ahead. It was funded and, um, um, by, by FPA because back mm-hmm. in the day, it was about um, showing people how to to um, use, how, how to plan family, family planning and mm-hmm. contraception and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So that show, Who the Cap Fit, was, was pr- really produced the executive producers would have been f- family planning FBA mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and of course Gabanian um, were the ones who did it and it was so 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 well done acting mm-hmm. on par and then you moved on from that to then the Calabash Ali yes. and Freddie Kisun yeah. um, you had of course Turn of the Tide coming out of Tobago God you yes. know that Tosca I, I, I think I remember Turn of Turn the Tide, of the tide had a, a, that's one and, where one fellow wanted the girl to run away with him from the village to the city. And when he got to the city, he got into trouble, you know. 
probably I can't remember yeah. the premise, but it was Tobago. Mm-hmm. All right, the, the 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 Senator Eastland Mackenzie was the star. Yes, her name was Tiny Walker, mm-hmm. and another guy named. She was Ro- a girl's grandmother, I think. Probably, yeah. Yeah. Rodale Clark, the late Rodale. Yeah, turn turn the tide. Mm-hmm. Fabulous. Mm-hmm. All right, and it seemed to me like these they were long. Mm-hmm. It was a while that they were on television. Yeah, they went for like two, three seasons yeah. and several episodes. And then after that, you had no boundaries. Mm-hmm. There was a lot. And then something happened, Tosca. Mm-hmm. Well, I think uh, you just t- you touched on it a little bit. Um, the accessibility of funding was one of the issues. But I want to come back to that and ask you if you think the... Um, intervention or the introduction of young film students from university, University of the West Indies film program, do you think that um, introducing them into the industry, the local industry would help it to promote more on our local television stations? It will. Well, you jumped far, you know. Mm. You've gone way far because in my time, it didn't have, we didn't have no film studies. Mm-hmm. There weren't nothing like that, okay? We were still, and we were still out there creating and doing stuff, all right? Mm-hmm. So let's back up a little bit before sure. these films. Because I, I would like to know how y'all did it. Exactly. How y'all did it. We did it. And now mm-hmm. we have the infrastructure, it seems, and all these graduates coming out of UWE in film studies and mm-hmm. carnival studies and this, that, the other. Where are they going? Are they, are, are they working mm-hmm. in the industry? You know? So, but before all of that, we didn't have that, but we still created and did the work. Mm-hmm. And it was supported, all right, in some way or other, whether it's so supported by your, your family, mm-hmm. you, your family helped, you know, you know. Raising a barbecue. Raising a, exactly. Mm-hmm. And it had a lot of certain corporate citizens I remember then that I could call names and are st- and still around actually NGC mm-hmm. Nestle I remember a guy named Mr. Um, Toussaint something Toussaint mm-hmm. at, at Nestle he was always so so supportive to anything to do with the arts mm-hmm. alright so there was NGC there was Nestle and um, RBC mm-hmm. under a lady I had a she had a French surname. But these were the corporate citizens that you knew that will support your art. Mm-hmm. All right? It is very important because art cannot exist without n- national funding mm-hmm. and corporate funding. <laughs> it, it was never, ever designed to be something that... Um, like a business mm-hmm. that you know you could just open up a business and, do and make money no and i think on that note we're going to take a short break and come back to that and I, I i think that's one of the elements that changed it a little bit yeah so continue to be with us roma spencer is in studio with us as we talk about local content and how we you know come overcome that obstacle of uh, producing it and getting it back on air the best insight, instant feedback, accountability. The all-new Talk Radio Freedom 106.5. The best insight, instant feedback, accountability. The all-new Talk Radio Freedom 106.5. in the nation's capital, and I have in studio with me the formidable Roman Spencer, director, actor, graduate of U- the York University with MFA in directing and uh, 
head of the Theatre of Archipelago. And we're talking about local content and the creation of local content. And, uh, you know, what directed us away from being those people who, on a shoestring budget, would produce some fantastic shows and, uh, you know, motivational um, pieces to what we have right now. And, you know, we were talking about how what moved us away from that. And I can give you one word. And I think you will agree with me. You see the word influencer and social media and they're creating con quote unquote content. I think that has a lot to do with where the direction is going uh, without... That is now. That is now. But, yeah. even, but even before that, mm -hmm. the influence and the internet and all that, we had we had veered away. Mm -hmm. All right, we did veer away because I was told um, that in back in the day, it was cheaper to get all these American shows mm -hmm. than to produce a local, local production. Mm -hmm. Local production was costing them. This is this is what the narrative or the rhetoric yes. I heard from TTT. Mm -hmm. back then that was told to to the likes of Gael and all. remember when Gael mm -hmm. was every week mm -hmm. and all that they kind of like squeezed them out because they could get yeah a, Mr. Shows. Fabian had a hard yeah. time trying to yeah. to keep up with right, it because they could get all these foreign shows for like two dollars or mm. next to nothing whereas to produce you know a local production was costing too much mm -hmm. and they don't want to put out that money to pay actors and camera persons and that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. It's all about dollars and cents. So, you know, cultural well, imperialism mm. at its best. Well, I thought it would have been a, a lack of um, ideas and a lack of motivation. No, I will never say it's a lack of ideas. Mm. We have plenty of ideas that we want to put out there. Like, I don't know, um, you would have seen a poster on Facebook yesterday, I went and I interviewed because I'm doing a, 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 a film doc mm -hmm. um, called Limbo Like Me, mm -hmm. and I went and interviewed um, what's his name, Bill Trotman. Mm -hmm. He used to be a limbo dancer back in the day, and the the woman who I'd interviewed prior to him last year, she's 82 years old, and she, he taught her to limbo. Okay, At, and she's 82 now. She's 82 now, and she can still bend. Mm -hmm. That's what she says, you know. So I said, well, okay. I need to to um to interview him as well. Mm -hmm. So there are we have stories. We have sto we have stories that we can tell. Mm -hmm. We have stories so um we, we have I would love to tell the stories of people like Dolce D. I mm -hmm. love to tell the stories of people like Boise Singh. You know these characters mm -hmm. these are our stories and and i know that this generation would love to hear about it mm -hmm. all right so to say that the then the ideas and that sort of thing i will say no mm -hmm. people have it but is the money the funding to make it happen to make it is happen. what is the problem well your experience working in canada on, on projects that are uh, culturally oriented yes. what are some of the processes and policies that you think can be adapted from that to here so that we create more local content well first and foremost we need to have what is called arts councils mm. all right we don't have a, a, a culture of arts council here everything is you know you must go to the ministry of culture 
Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I don't even know every every every, every time a government come into power or. or it's tend to the names change. Change, yeah. So I don't know what it is now. Mm-hmm. All right, but anything to do with the ministry of culture, as as an artist, that's where you have to go to get a little pittance, really. Mm-hmm. You know, um, we had to have the ability to have an independent body that, uh, you know, they are given a subvention of X amount, of millions of dollars, to execute that into. Um, to, sorry, not execute to distribute that to to art creative to the creative sector. Mm-hmm. All right, so you have the theater, you have dance, you have music, you have film. Um, you could even have as much. I think fashion comes under fashion. Well. Yes, yeah. They can go to these arts councils to get the funding to create the work that they want to do. Mm-hmm. Until we have something like that, then then we on a right footing. The mm-hmm. other thing is that I don't think we have um, a, a cultural policy, mm-hmm. a national cultural policy that really states that, you know, um, for instance, the radio stations, the television stations must have 60 or 75 percent. I remember there was a discussion like that. I'm not sure if it was um, uh, finally formalized. Mm-hmm. You know, um, there was a bit of a a disagreement as to how much, when, what time, mm-hmm. um, if it was encroaching on rights and all of that. Oh, okay. um, I, I think it was put on the back bench and forgotten after a while. Uh, in terms of the Canadian side of it, is there something like that put in place? Well, it's because it's in place. That's why, mm. as artists, we, we are thriving, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and it has been in place for a long time. I mean, I, I got there in two... Th- well, I started to work in the industry in 2001, so mm-hmm. I met that there, right? Mm-hmm. All right, true. You have CBC, the Canadian Broadcasting Corporation, um, which is mandated to really present Canadian content. Mm-hmm. All right? Mm-hmm. And, then, and then some, but it's about 75% Canadian content. Mm-hmm. And then you have, of course, um, <coughs> the other American stuff and that sort of thing. <coughs> and what we what we are fighting right now is how much of that content is mm-hmm. is BIPOC, which is Black, Indigenous, and People of Color. Right. Right. Because every year when they put out, you know, what's their slate this year of programming, you know, it is like seventy five percent white. Mm-hmm. You know, and just a to- the token color yeah. people inside you know so that's 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 the, the beef that we're fighting now and p- since george floyd um post post the george floyd era things has changed a whole lot suddenly mm-hmm. suddenly white people are now thinking that they are now feeling like they're, they're the min- being oppressed yeah they're now the mm-hmm. minority because everything is now geared towards mm-hmm. the buzzword is bipoc mm-hmm. <laughs> black indigenous and people of color you know, once you can tick off those boxes in your proposals, you up right away, you yeah. on top of the ladder, right? Mm-hmm. Anyhow, but going back to, you know, what is needed here, as I said, is if we really have a firm, firm cultural policy in place. Arts councils is important um, so that uh, artists can uh, go, to what's, go to these um, arts councils to get their funding in whatever craft they're doing yeah, all right mm-hmm. um and in addition to the fact 
the corporate sponsors as well um you know the ability that when they they give money towards the artists they get some um tax rebate or whatever mm -hmm. you know um, i mean one of the things that that is um makes it simple for artists back in canada is that they tend to say look you can get funding but you must form yourself into an organization or a collective right um and that organization must have a board some of us have been fighting and saying that okay sometimes it's very hard to get people to be members of a board and you end up being the very artists themselves you know mm. being these board members but artists don't want to be administrators and board members and deal with paperwork mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm, yeah. yeah we want to be part of uh, speaking as an artist myself yeah. you just want to create you just want to create yeah, yeah? Mm -hmm. so we found that that was too much of a pressure mm -hmm. but nowadays i see that the canada council is now kind of like funding individuals you know mm -hmm. they'll say look you know it's no longer taboo then to mm -hmm. come to them as an individual artist mm -hmm. to be funded and not not having to form yourself into a company mm -hmm. you know, a patron to, yeah, yeah. To, mm -hmm. to get that funding so so you could get maximum your maximum as much as a hundred thousand mm -hmm. you know in funding as an individual you know that used to be a no-no Mm -hmm. You could only pay, get up ten thousand, I think, or something like that. But mm -hmm. you know, but track record because they want late, lately they want they want to support they want to support a person. They don't want to support organization. And then, yeah, mm -hmm. because there's too the, much confusion artists, and yeah. you know, yeah, um, con well, confusion and interaction and and then wasting of time yeah. to actually putting things in place. And yeah, yeah I think Trinidad is at that point because. I've seen many organizations try to have like an end goal, mm. but when you start to say, all right, you're going to be in charge of this, you're responsible for that. And then when you come together again and you don't hold your end, mm. the bickering and the fighting yeah, starts. Yeah. And then I'd be like, I just wasted my time, yeah. you know, and it's like, okay, let's find something and else to do. And another thing is, but which we don't do here is we this notion as you just collect the money and spend it and you go you got a report mm -hmm. how you spend that money yeah because you cannot come back for more the next year if you didn't report how you spent oh, you the spent money that we gave you mm -hmm. yeah 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 that's big time that's and that's something i notice we don't do here mm. you know they just give you the money with no strings attached you know Mm. Well, not so much anymore. You, know, the, you have to have After some report? sort of yeah. You have yeah. to have some sort of account of how you you spent that yeah. money. Yeah. Okay. I just that's wanted good. to yeah, and mm. I think that's that's what um, stops certain things from happening to the ease at which uh, the, the reporting. You know, we don't like to do paperwork. Yes. You know, unfortunately. Yeah. yeah. I wanted to go back to the question of the new trends that are out yes. there now. Yeah with right. um, TikTok the and influencers. The influencers. <laughs> yeah. Do you think that they are dangerously taking our content and ideas in a in a direction that is more destructive destructive than helpful? Mm -hmm. Wow. Because I'm a, because I myself am an artist, mm -hmm. I'm looking out for myself. Mm. So I will find it destructive. But then another generation would not, right? True. You know, so I, I don't know where I stand with it. it it's like it's like, it's like you telling me, um, 
do you believe in reality TV mm-hmm. as against a television production where actors who are trained in mm-hmm. their craft audition and get parts and you create you create a soap a series yeah rather than real this set of reality TV mm-hmm. you know I don't believe in it I don't believe in the reality TV it's taking work away from me yeah yeah um, but the whole inferences and all that they have their place too mm-hmm. they have their place too and um, but but where I stand on it is that I I, I guess I'm a purist mm-hmm. I'm I'm an I'm old geezer so, <laughs> so yeah can't, can't force us for that too yeah, yeah. so because I mean, yeah I don't even like to hear the, the bloody word influencer mm-hmm. influencing mm-hmm. who True. Will you tell me where you in you're a social media <laughs> influencer? I said, so that's a new career now. It is. And the, the funny thing is, how much money can be made by that is being made by some of these influencers. It's just what what they're pushing forward. I'm not saying that they aren't um good aspects of being an influencer. I guess it's really where your mind is at and what your end goal is. Because mm-hmm. I see it as a, a platform to do the very thing that we can't do as a collective, meaning the, the tool is there to produce mm-hmm. and to put out at a low cost your art, your content, etc. Mm-hmm. right? Who, who you are. Yeah. But it, it really depends on what you're really looking for as a... <laughs> As a creator, mm. stepping into studio now, I have Mr. Curtis Gross and Ms. Spencer gave him one long. <laughs> good after, well, good morning to you. Curtis Gross, you're a theater practitioner. Yes, I you am. Used to post to know better than that. I did. I did. Um, send the message. So, I so this is what I love. This is what I love about our our <laughs> culture. We we get to buff people on air. <laughs> And the love is still there. Good morning to you. Good How morning, are you? My dear. I am good. Excellent. You can pull this mic towards you. Pull this. Well, yes. I, I have to take my little ball up and my little fist slapping thing from Roma. Well, it comes like a mother. Yeah, yeah. You know? I trained him. Yes. <laughs> she was she embarrassing me right now. So you see no, the I, I, did, I, did, I know I did that call look in. well. <laughs> I did call in and I let um, Caitlin know that um, yes. a situation came up and I would be a bit late. Yeah, well, they they say that the traffic is in abundance on um oh, yeah? on the yeah, streets. There's some um um roadblocks. Actually, police is conduct um they are conducting roadblocks. I came on okay. the Yeah, I I got into the car park at ten fifteen. Yes, see, Ooh. it was well, we easy me- coming down. We would have been able to meet each other before, but when I got the call, the emergency call, surprised. that's why I had to run back out. Okay, I was surprised how nice it was coming down the road today. Yeah, uh, surprising for Trinidad. Eh? <laughs> so we're talking no about today. yes that's another um yeah. bonus for some of us that's that's what has reduced the traffic on the road so mr gross let's um introduce you let me tell trinidad and tobago briefly about your many many accomplishments multi-talent multi-talented individual who is involved in theater education <laughs> arts and culture oh has been trained in the use of educative drama for addressing real life and work issues and was founding was a founding member of Arts in Action Group, a group using theater to educate, motivate, and empower individuals. He's worked with various community institutions as a tutor in drumming, singing, and drama, and folk dancing, and is one of the tutors in the 
famed Prime Minister's Best Village Competition. So welcome, welcome. Thank you very much, my dear. So we're talking about local content and how we uh, used to produce it before and the problems that we are having now transitioning in this very digital and media world because we were just talking about the quote-unquote influencer. Mm. What are some of your views on um, where we are at with local content? With local content, um, let me be frank, let me be serious. Um, we have a lot of local content. However, we do not have the accessibility that we would like. Mm -hmm. That is me putting it in a nutshell. Um, we, we can say that we can go to either the ministry and get funding, the grants. Mm -hmm. um, honestly, there are grants there for us. However, the hurdles, mm -hmm. the, 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 these walls that are built, that you have, to, you have to run a marathon and then after you do a triathlon or whatever it is they call it, Mm -hmm. Then you do the marathon leg, and then you run all the races. <laughs> and after you finish the sport, mm -hmm. then you have to go to the after party. Mm -hmm. And after you go to the after party, then you have to now meet a friend of the minister. I'm just using this phrase. I'm yeah. not saying that this is mm -hmm. all it is. All right? Analogy. Right, the yeah. analogy of it. Right. And then the, the, the among the hoops you have to go through, and you're not sure at the end of it, after you've done everything, that you're going to get it. Mm -hmm. That's a reality. Sometime, um, sometimes you, you're looking at... This project cost $100,000. And the ministry is telling you, look, 30000 mm -hmm. Make that do. And you're trying to figure out... Um, what, what is that 30000 What can I do with 30000 Especially after they ask you for estimates and all of that. And, and, and you, yeah. you go through all that. You mm -hmm. registered, you do everything. And um, the reality of it is um, they tell you, well, they had to deal with um, some people who are schemish. Mm. Right? So I understand dealing with schemishness. However, at the end of it all, with a budget of, um, let me realistically put a budget on the table. <coughs> your budget might be 1.5. Mm -hmm. your, your funding you get is 30,000 or 35,000, mm -hmm. right? And your, I'm just saying if you're filming, okay, you, you're doing on, on, on location shooting or you really need some some funding to pay the actors. Now, you might think, well, the actors, I could pay them um, $300 a night for performance. But we're not, we're not taking into consideration, um, I'm, I'm, I'm not talking, I'm, I'm talking film as well as stage here. Mm -hmm. for, for stage, you are looking at where you, you're paying your actor $300 a night of performance. Now, that, that's just me shooting a figure, mm -hmm. all right? However, this is your reality. You have been rehearsing for two months. The traveling to and, and from, the from. providing the mm -hmm. refreshments, also the giving, um, making sure that everybody get, you know, like who has to, 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 to travel, have their traveling, who has to drive mm -hmm. gas. That is not counted in the 300. Well, it kind of goes there <laughs> eventually because realistically speaking, we... The, the the performers may say, listen, we, we um you gotta pay for for rehearsal too and most of mm. the producers will tell you, Well, I don't have that kind of money. With that thirty five thousand or that thirty thousand dollars, realistically speaking, your production call for seven people. 
you're talking set, you're talking paying for the rental of the space, which starts probably at 8,000. And Well, we ain't going on, on, on costume and thing yet. Yeah. We're going on just to rent the theater mm. space because it comes with light and all this sort of thing. So you start at 8,000. Then, because whatever you require, um, you may need to bring in a lighting person. Mm -hmm. um, not, not just a lighting person because they come with lighting persons. <laughs> But you may need a lighting designer who you have to bring in. Mm -hmm. And then you have to bring in a song designer. Mm -hmm. Right? And then a director. Well, you have your director. And then an and assistant else, director. Right. And yeah. stage, stage management. Stage management. Stage and then management. stage hands. Yes. Right? Yeah. And then we start talking about props. We start talking costume. Mm -hmm. Then we start talking set. Mm -hmm. You have gone past 30,000 probably eight times mm -hmm. or more. That's why... In the real world, they will not. They will just look at their budget, and they will. It will be an insult to give you thirty thousand. They would not give you it. It's an insult. If your budget is one point five, mm -hmm. and um, they know, they they look at it. They look, you know, because it's a jury, okay? Mm -hmm. Right? And it, it, I, I sat on these juries for three years, so I know. And everything is a points, right? Everything point. When you tally up your points, right, you you realize, okay, who are the top and you're coming down. You have a cutoff point, right? Mm -hmm. Anything below that you wouldn't fund because it's, as I said, it's an insult to say, okay, give them a little 20,000. <laughs> you don't do that, you know? Well, um, we are a very insulted society, <laughs> I have to say that. But, uh, what also, <laughs> to, also to another thing is that, you know, when you... <clears throat> In the real world, mm. so happened that I'm now living in the real world, right? Mm. You apply for your funding. It's a simple thing. You have all these thing, questions to answer, to write to, mm -hmm. you know? And they tell you how much words, 150 words, you answer to this and you're going down the road, okay? And you send it in and they tell you you, have, you will get your results. It takes uh, three months yeah. to over time. Mm -hmm. And in three months' time... You get your letter, congratulations, you get your fund, blah, blah, blah. Um, send in your banking info or what have you. No, your banking info, they already have. Yeah. You would have had that, right? Mm. And you get the money before you start to rehearse. All right? There's mm. no semantics and all we use just say, you know. I think that... Um, <coughs> from your side and working with Canada, they treat it as a real profession. Yeah, and I think act, in Trinidad yeah. and Tobago, we, we still, yeah, we it's still have hobby status. Mm -hmm. oh, let me, let me. You know, where people are still, they haven't acknowledged that people make their day-to-day -day bread. Job. Yeah. The actors are paid um, weekly. We pay, mm -hmm. we're paid every Thursday. All right? Mm -hmm. So you begin to work on a Tuesday. By Thursday, you get your salary mm -hmm. and you have Monday off and you're back to rehearsal Tuesday. Payday is Thursday. Mm -hmm. All right? And that stipulated by the union, X amount of dollars. If you're in a theater that is holding um, 450 people, that's mm -hmm. a category house. They'll call it a G house. So you know when you, for the next three years, that's the salary you pay the actor per week over the next, if it's a six week contract, three weeks to rehearse, three weeks of performance. So right. TNT, I think you're beginning to understand why you don't find as many um, local productions happening in the different spaces that are made for that, like Little Carib Theatre, mm -hmm. Queen's Hall, uh, Naparima Bowl, 
you know, all these spaces that have been built for those things. Mm -hmm. Napa, with all its glory. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Lovely, under, lovely spaces. Underutilized. We have such beautiful spaces here. You know, yeah. sound and everything. And I think, um, you know, from this discussion, we can, you know, get corporate Trinidad and Tobago more involved and to understand, you know, what it is to really put on that local content so we can see ourselves mm -hmm. rather than, you know, rely on the prepackaged yeah. stuff. Well, you know? I, I don't know what it exists now, but I mean, um, for corporate Trinidad to be involved in, 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 in funding the arts, they must get some rebates from the government from, from, from for tax purposes mm -hmm. so that... Um, one of the things with with you know funding back in Canada, if you are a not for profit, if you have not for profit status, mm. you know immediately you know you will get money because you know when they give you that money for a, a, um, a company that has not for profit status, they, they they will get back some kind of rebate tax, mm. so some kind of taxation, something to give uh, and yeah yeah that yeah. that the government must probably have in place for these corporate citizens to be able to fund artists with their eyes closed, you know? I, I know they had um, they had that before, mm. but what they were asking is that you register your company, yes, which is good. Yeah. Uh, you must be registered with the Ministry of Culture. And, and put on the list. And yeah. not only just a list, but they would give you this. Uh, that too is another um, marathon and... Red whole, tape thing. Yeah, yeah that's a yeah. whole Olympics to go through to get the um to be registered. Mm -hmm. And then you get this certificate mm -hmm. which you would take to corporate sponsors and from the time they see they, they would give funding. Mm -hmm. That was stopped. Mm. I remember Ooh. just um just at the Genesis or mm -hmm. around COVID time, um I was doing a film call um Who Am I Inside? Mm -hmm. All right. I wrote it. Um a, a parent came to me who work with special needs children and she was just having a conversation with me mm. and she mentioned I have this desire that I can do a movie that would highlight us a little more in half an hour she she mentioned that to me and walked outside I was in the middle of my rehearsal mm -hmm. and I had the choreographer going through some things so I started to write because I always had this habit of working with my laptop yeah and um, when she came back to pick up her children <clears throat> They won't finish yet. So she sat next to me and I said, I want you to read this and give me a feedback. Mm. And she read it and looked at me and said, you in my head. And mm. I said, why you say that? She said, this is how I feel and this is how I think. I said, but you spoke to me this morning just before when you dropped your child off. Mm -hmm. Right. And somehow it just resonated with me. So I just started writing. Mm. So we wrote, um, who am I inside? And we did ask for funding. And um, we got turned down a lot. Now, we finally got, what happened was that we got Jan, who has this film company, who um, decided, hey, um, we'll film it. It would cost X, Y, Z, because we kept asking around how much it would cost, because I need to get the budget. Mm. And we, we got the budget. We did everything. The company had a, a, um, a certificate, so it was no problem. But when we sent it out, only to hear the ministry say, um, that that has been cancelled. That right process now. is no longer right. valid, so, and so that's another problem that we have. When we think it's it's going to be this way, they change it somewhere along mm. the line, and we start all mm. over again. But, but there's something I want to say too, mm. and um, it may sound harsh, and it may come across really terrible. When you look at how 
the artist is viewed. Mm -hmm. um, it was very clear to me when the grants over the COVID period was handed out. And when you do the math, we, the artist was paid way, way, way below our minimal wages because mm -hmm. for $5,000 for two years, that's what you had to live on. Yeah. The artists who, because you were, you were now stopped from using the theater, the theater space. And they told you, um, I remember being told, if, you, if you're not vaccinated, you can't come in the theater. Mm -hmm. So you, you direct a play and you have to stay out or you have to go up on Zoom. And see what's and happening. And watch what's happening and yeah. say, okay, go left, go right, you know, and not being there to have a conversation. And when we do the maths, when I did the maths and, and started talking, I say, but this is less than minimal wage that the artists have to live on. Yeah. And, and after that, there was nothing else coming towards the artists. And as you're talking about that, it just dawned on me. You remember um, uh, Janine Charles Ferry? The name, right, Jean, yes, I know. I remember, yeah, during the COVID time, she was one of those... Um, <coughs> Uh, arts advocate. Mm. You remember? Yes, yeah, I do. Arts advocate I do. and marketing strategist. Anyhow, I am now the the, <coughs> the patron of a foundation that her mother and family have created in her memory. It's called mm. the Black Color Creative and Creative Foundation, which is dedicated to preserving the legacy and work of Janine Charles Ferry, arts advocate and marketing strategist. And it is it is there, it is created for artists you know, to be able to get some startup funding money to be able to do the art that they want to do, you know? And um, they will be launching on October 20th at uh, Central Bank Auditorium. And, you know, I just want people to be able to be aware and to look out and stay tuned for the Black Color Creative Foundation, mm -hmm. which will be a foundation where artists... Back in the day, I remember it had something called TAP, Tapper mm -hmm. to um, something. Uh, yeah, I was uh, one of the first set of people right. who got funded, got funded from, from Tapper. Yes. Yeah. Judgment. I, yes. Judgment. Yes. <laughs> yes. And so now there's no Black Color Creative Foundation. And we've and got I, to get more information on that. I will yes. have to bring you all guys back in again to continue the conversation because we're five minutes away from the top of the news. Mm -hmm. I appreciate you all coming and taking mm -hmm. time out. I mean, I wish we, you could have been here a little earlier so we could I have really get into oh the nitty gritty. Yeah. But uh, Miss Spencer, thank you so much. Mr. Gross, thank you so much for coming in. You're welcome. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, we need thank to talk you. more about, you know, producing that local content and, and yes. seeing more of us on the airwaves. Uh, yeah? That is important. The best insight, instant feedback, accountability. The all-new Talk Radio Freedom 106.5.